Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. We got a great conversation ahead for you today. We have Teresa Greco joining us. Teresa is a happiness coach, two times best-selling author, editor, and senior writer at two Canadian magazines. She's a motivational speaker, educator, educational technologies consultant, and a Reiki master. She's the founder of a personal development company that mentors others about embracing, honoring, loving, and celebrating their true authentic self and achieving their own personal happiness and fulfillment. So we had a great conversation. I really liked Teresa. I was on her show, Steps to Happiness, the Steps to Happiness. It was, it was great. It was a short conversation, but we covered a lot. And then I had her on my show today and was really deep. We talked about a lot of really powerful stuff. So if you want to go deep with personal development side, spiritual side, this is a conversation to listen to. All right. If you guys haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do wherever you listen to this. And if you are watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell to stay on top of it. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Teresa, welcome to University of Adversity. So good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Great to see you again as well. Yeah. And we've had a couple conversations, one over the phone, and then I was on your, your show and steps to happiness. And it was really good. I, I really liked the energy of it and the conversation. And it was, uh, yeah, I felt really good after. And then I wanted to get you on the show because I think there's a lot there that we can dig into as far as, you know, the whole spirituality side and your take on what that is and happiness and all of it. So I'm excited for this. And where I'd like to start is I personally don't know a lot about your background prior to getting into this world. I know you went through some challenges as well as we all do. So before we kind of get into where you're at now, because that's where people see you, and that's where a lot of people don't really know how, how you got to where you did. So let's start there. Walk us through a little bit of your, your journey and some of the things that you went through along the way that you discovered this uh, personal development world. Thank you. So basically, it was approaching 40, and that was about 10 years ago, that, and approaching. So a couple of years to that that had me reflecting on my life and asking some very important questions. So like questions like, you know, if I've, if I've arrived at half my life, am I happy living the life I'm living? Can I, can, can I imagine myself living the same life for the next 40 years? Am I living my life's true purpose and full potential? And in the asking of these questions and taking a step back, I was able to reflect on, on my, on my life and the way that I was living And through the questions, I determined that although my life looked perfect on the outside, and it still does, very fulfilling career, beautiful, healthy children, family, we have our own home, vacations year, lots of beautiful material things. And that people on the outside will look in and say, you know, she has everything, her life is perfect. So why is it that if my life checked off all the boxes, I felt unfulfilled and unhappy? And that I was always trying to be more and do more so that somehow I fill this, this void, this feeling that there was still something missing in my life. And it, it didn't make sense to me because again, I had all of the things that, 
society, culture, family, religion tell you that you should achieve in order to be happy. And so it was through the, the asking of the questions that then prompted me on this journey of like 10 years now, where there's been various principles and practices that I've implemented in my life that I practice every single day, because it's not like you get to a happy place and you just stay there, that life throws uh, curveballs at you, things change, and you, I constantly need to to implement and use the strategies that I know work for me. And in the in the process of me on this journey, I, I came to a place that I wanted to help other people to do the same. And really everything that I've ever done was always about how can I serve? How may I serve? How may I serve? So I wear lots of different hats. I'm involved in many different things, but with all of them, it was always how can I how can I do more for others? But that feeling of how that I needed to be more came from a place of lack within myself that ultimately I really wasn't connecting and nurturing all aspects of myself, my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self that I, like many people were conditioned to look outside of us for answers, for things, for happiness, for our relationships, for love. I'd been, I was searching outside myself for love my entire life, not knowing that I am love already. I am love, peace, and happiness. I am all of those things, but the world takes you, takes you away and has you looking outside on yourself for answers in like, what are you, what are you supposed to be doing? Who are you supposed to be? What do I have to do next? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? So it's what do you think? The answers all lie inside of you. And it's only until you connect and nurture that part of you can you find those answers? Can you find the love, peace and happiness that you are? And so that's that I would say in a nutshell is my happiness journey. What was it like for you as a child growing up? Did you have, because I feel like a lot of, lot of us that later on discover this, it's like, we always had that intuitive knowing that there's something else and as a child, I mean, I know I went through it and I was always like, this isn't it, this isn't it, but you get conditioned to do the thing that, that seems socially, right. Like you're supposed to do, right. Your parents, everybody's telling you to do these things that are safe and make money, but they're not necessarily, they're not necessarily true to you. Did you feel that when you were growing up? Like, what was that? Like, what was your social, what was your family dynamic? Like, and you know, what was, what was that journey? Like, like before you got into like creating the success? So that is exactly my story that in the, again, at that same point, I realized I was having coffee with a friend of mine. And I said to her, I've lost myself in the living of my life. How is it that you, you get to 40 years old and you don't know who you are. And that's because I had been living my life according to external expectations of, you know, what do I need to do to be the perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect daughter, perfect daughter-in-law, perfect friend, perfect teacher, perfect employee, lots of different things and trying to fulfill everyone else's expectations and never, and never fulfilling my own, but even not knowing what that was, because again, I was so always looking outside of myself for that guidance, for that acceptance, for that direction. And so it, it's through all of us that because we're a blank slate, that when we're born into this world, we are love, peace, and happiness. And you can see that in children. We are all that. We embody yeah. love, peace, and happiness. You, all you have to do is look at them and see how like laughing all the time they are so at peace that they don't, they are so in the moment that COVID was something that because I'm an educator by profession, 
almost like cramp their style in a sense, because they're not thinking about tomorrow and worrying about, you know, what's going to happen next. All they're doing is always so immersed in the moment and enjoying like the company and the activity that they're doing, that it it's so unlike them to have to worry about things because kids don't, they're so at peace with themselves. And then the world slowly starts to take you away when you have family, culture, religion, all and society telling you who to be, what do you need to be like for people to like? So for me, it was, I always felt like I was never skinny enough. I was never pretty enough. I was never athletic enough. I was never enough of a lot of different things. And that was because people put those ideas in my head. Teresa, if, you know, if only you were skinnier, Teresa, don't eat so much because, you know, people won't like you if you're too fat. Teresa, you know, if only like, even as my body was developing, oh, Teresa, you know, you don't want, you want, because I'm Italian, half Italian descent. Also, where are you from? Like, what's your, I was going to say, is it European of some sort? Yeah. So yes, half Italian, half Brazilian. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it was like, and my grandmother, Italian grandmother had, you know, really big breasts. And it was like, okay, Teresa, like, you know, you want, you don't want to have them like that big, but you also don't want to be like this. And it's, so it's like all these ideas and opinions that you just take on from the world about what's attractive, how people like you, what what's acceptable. And it's it's all well meaning, right? Nobody, I don't think anyone's out there necessarily to hurt you. But the messaging is, is mean sometimes. And so I was bullied growing up through school. And it's through that bullying that you, you're always trying to again, measure up to external expectations of and it's, it's that messaging that pushes you to pursue maybe different things. I am an educator by profession, as I said, an educational technologies consultant. I believe that is part of my destiny is that I am meant to be a teacher because I've been doing it for a very long time and it never feels like work to me. So I, I do feel that I was, I'm doing what I was meant to do, but there was like, you know, maybe it's people think that they're guiding you in certain directions too. That's helpful for you, but it's, it's not really helpful because as for me, I had lost myself in looking always for that guidance on the outside, instead of tapping into the guidance inside of me. And we all have that, that gut instinct, that intuition, that little voice inside of us, that's guiding us towards our happiest life. But we do that we're more conditioned to rationalize what we're supposed to do. What do I think about this? What do you, what should I do? What do I think? What do I think instead of asking ourselves, how do I feel? And you're very much doing that right now with, you know, some of the transitions that you're going through is that how do I feel about this situation and how do I feel will lead us towards the life that we're meant to lead versus what do I think, which then has us rationalizing situations that are not good for us. Mm -hmm. So like relationships in our lives that are not good for us, and we're like, well, it's okay. He had a bad day. Well, it's okay. It's my manager. Well, it's okay. She's going through something. So it's like, we really, it's not okay because on the inside, we feel, we feel disrespected. We feel dishonored, but it's like, well, it's okay. And so then we put ourselves in situations where, where we really shouldn't be in. So we constantly like asked ourselves, went inward and said, what do I feel about this? How do I feel that is? And the more we do that, the stronger that guidance becomes. And we can, instead of asking people outside of us, what do you think? What do you think if I go and do this? What do you think? What do you think? Everyone's, what do you think is all based on their own personal opinion and mm -hmm. background knowledge. Nobody can really ask. 
and like know how you're feeling on the inside about something because everybody's seeing the world through their own personal lens. 99% of how we see the world is perception, our own personal perception, 99%. 1% is actually how it is, the reality of how it is. So you and I could be both looking at a tree and I look at it and I'm like, wow, you know, Lance, that tree is dying. And you look at it and you're like, what are you talking about, Teresa? That, that tree's doing amazing. Like, don't you see those little buds and stuff? I'm like, what are you talking about? Look at all the leaves on the ground. This thing's on the way out. So it's like 99%. And it's because some people see the world half full. Some of them are, are it's, 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 it's half full or empty. So mm -hmm. it depends, right? And that that perspective is what you know, drives our opinions and, and how, when someone says, what do you think? I, what, am I, what do I think is based on my own living and personal experience and knowledge of the world. So it, does, it almost doesn't even make sense. Like for, for like life direction stuff, we're not talking about, you know, maybe business management and things like that, things to do with Yeah, no, I get, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Sure. Like asking the question, like, is this true to me or is this somebody else's story? Right. That's usually what it is. I had this conversation. I've been talking about this a lot more lately and it's really, it's true because you have to take a step back and ask, like, is this true to me? Like, does this actually feel true? Like, is this is this aligned with me? And sometimes you really have to feel into that. And like, how do I feel if I make this decision? How do I feel if I do this? And we were talking about this prior about, you know, the choice that I made to move to Mexico. And I, I, I don't think enough people really, they don't really value their own opinion as much. Like we think that somebody else has the answer about what we should do. Like we almost don't, we almost are looking for permission to do the thing we already know we need to do. Like, Hey, what do you think I should do this? Well, what does it matter? You're looking at life through a whole different lens. And you said it like 99%. That's crazy. Like the perception is everything. Your perspective is literally everything you could see. You know, we talk about this with adversity. You could see the adversity ahead of you. And some people see it as a game. Hmm, this is fun. Okay. How are we going to get around this? Or some people are like, Oh my God, it's over it's over. And that's how people look at life. And it's so fascinating how that happens. And that, that example with the tree, it's so true because I talk to people and you have a conversation, you ask them something and they go, Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I'm like, why do you focus on that? Yeah. That focus is what you do for everything. And you wonder why you're not getting out of that shitty situation. Right. It's, it's really interesting how, how that's so true. Because we're in this reality and it's like your perception is everything. So then when you tie in this, this spiritual aspect into all of this is that if, you're, if your soul is here on earth having this human experience, so your spirit is there navigating in your human form, it knows the life that you're meant to, to lead. It knows that it knows the soul contracts you have with people in your life that are playing roles in your life as well, that to help you learn the lessons that you came down here to learn. It's all our soul is here to learn, grow and expand. That is the purpose, learning, growing and expanding. Every opportunity provides us that to learn, grow and expand. So if we looked at everything as a learning experience, it changes, it changes, I think, even like the way that you look at it, and even the dynamic of it to say, okay, I'm here to learn something about myself because of this experience. Like what, what gifts do I have within myself that I need to discover that this learning opportunity is providing me and the people closest 
to you in this lifetime are playing roles in your life constantly to provide those learning experiences for you. And so even in my life, the people who I, I had a lot of resentment and anger towards because they, they were those people constantly telling me who to be, what I needed to do. And when you, it was that it was getting to a point that it, I, I was t- maybe tired of it, felt lost, felt like there's this void. It didn't make sense. I recoiled in, in silence within myself and in silence for a very long time, not feeling that anybody would understand what I'm going through. That's also very, you know, part of my message is that we feel alone when we're going through hardship and we think nobody could understand that it's not true. There are a lot of people out there that understand it's so important for us to seek out those people that we can talk to, whoever that might be. So don't, you know, don't just sit in silence and, and, and allow your thoughts to ruminate because it's awful what your mind will do. It will create terrible situations, untruths, lots of untruths, creating narratives in our head about stuff that's not even as it is. And that's why working with people like with a practitioner, whatever that might be is so important. Oh, so navigating. So as we're having with these soul contracts, everybody helping us a lot, and we're all helping each other. So I even was in situations where I was shit on lots of different times. I was hit my, my parents are immigrant parents. They didn't have a lot of strategies with respect to parenting. I was the eldest as well. The eldest always got it. I was hit a lot. They didn't know what else to do. So kids were like too loud and misbehaving. Teresa used to get it. Hit, 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 hit. Yeah. Lots, lots of that for, you know, that's their, that was their discipline technique was just didn't matter if it was a small or a big thing. It was always Teresa was hit. And so through this journey and communication with, with, with my soul is that I've learned that I, my soul actually put myself in certain situations so that I could, I, I prevented other people from getting hit because I took it. It was my, that was my soul's choice was to take it for other people. So I took the brunt of it for a lot of people. And even in, in my marriage, I also took the brunt of his behavior, his neglect, his being very consumed with work, him also very consumed with the person and role that he had to play. And I took the brunt of that too, so that he could come to a place that he had to make changes in his life. And so, because my question was like, why did I have to go through that? Why did I have to be hit? Why did I have to be hurt? Why did I have to be like disrespected? Why did I? And it was like, oh, when I, when it was revealed to me that I, my soul actually put myself in those situations so I could prevent other people from being hurt. I could save other people from doing that and that I could provide learning for other people because then I reached a point that I was not going to take it anymore, a part of my journey, because I wasn't going to take it anymore. It caused him to make changes within himself. And so it's so interesting when you can look at it from like a navigated from a higher perspective, let's say to say, okay, what role are people playing in my life to provide this learning opportunity for me right now? Even the assholes mm-hmm. in our life that you're like, oh, they're, they're playing a role to show you something about yourself, how you're not maybe stepping up for yourself the way that you need to. And I didn't. I took on a lot of stuff being shit on all the time, never measuring off, never doing enough, never a- enough of a lot of things. And it was because I needed to step up for myself. 
And it was only I until I started to love, honor, and respect myself did everything around me change. Mm. It's like, it was literally magical, Lance, is that I didn't tell anybody to, do, to be different. All I needed to do, I needed to be different for myself. Mm. When I, again, started to love, honor, and respect myself, it's like magically all of the relationships I had problems with because they weren't loving, honoring, respecting me in, in whatever way, all of a sudden it was like, oh, nobody has a problem with me anymore. Oh, nobody's telling me what to do anymore. It was like, it was, it was weird, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it is really like how it's, it's how it really works is that the change is all within you. It's all within you. It's not in the other people. You know, people go for counseling, like uh, couple counseling and another type of counseling where, you know, it's like, you need to change, you need to be different, you need to, you know, do these things, and then I'll be happy. You know, how many people say that if only you were different, then I'd be happy. And it's like, what an awful thing to say to someone. If yeah. only you did this more, I'd be happy. If only you looked like this more, I'd be happy. It's like, no, it's the power is all within you. At every moment, we have the opportunity to choose the life that we want to live and to choose the person that we, we want to be in mm. this life. It's all within us. Nothing. It doesn't rest outside of us at all. It's all inside all of it. Yeah. So true. Everything that you're, you're, everything around you changes when you change. It's hard to put your finger on it because all yes. of a sudden people start treating you different because your expectations for yourself are different. So they, it's almost like the boundaries that you've created for yourself or the, or what's the word standards that you've created for yourself sort of happen. And then the people around you just sort of fall into line the way. And it's, it's really interesting. I want to like, I want to go back one, one little bit to what you were saying around like getting hit and like that kind of abuse, because I think it's, I'm curious because when you, when that's happening growing up, you know, that's, that's traumatizing. Right. And if we don't heal that part, then we usually attract that in partners. So my question is, did you find yourself getting used to that was what people did? That's what people that loved you did. So they hit you and that's the way they showed it. So did you attract that in, in partners too? Like, was that, did you get into abusive relationships as well? Because I think it's an important piece to talk about because I think a lot of people, if they haven't done that work, you know, that stuff that's happened as a child or whatever the abuse or whatever the trauma is, you're going to attract that in somebody else. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? Such a good question, Lance. Thank God that it didn't, it didn't translate to that in my life, that it was, I, I must've internalized it as my parents meaning well by it. I must I must have understood that that I also played a role in why sometimes no that's those are the moments that hurt me the most were those moments when I got hit for being me so I'm an Aries and you know an Aries is like so energetic and so full of life and so colorful and I was that person who was like loud and energetic and and it's like if I were you know we'd have home parties and there would be like other kids there and I was the one like riling them up and and creating the games that we'd play and and putting the music on and dancing and 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 me and like and being loud but I mean lots of the kids were loud too but it was like coming in and then it was like bang 
And then it was like those moments where it was like, it's not okay for you to be you. It's not okay for you to be like, whatever it was, whatever that moment I was too much of something in those moments. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it was like, so I internalized it. Like you had to, you had to be more quiet, Play you small. can't speak your mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then when I look back, I'm like, it was like that energy and that fire inside of me that almost got like conditioned. So I didn't thank God that the abuse never, because I think I read, I also recognize it as that's not okay. Like I would never allow anybody to do that to me. So it, it was probably like it, that would have been like a hard no, like, you know, in a partner or in a relationship, you don't have people treat, you know, he wouldn't it wouldn't be okay if they treated you in certain ways. So that wasn't something that I would ever have thought was okay. So thank God it didn't, it didn't translate beyond that. But I think what it did do is yes, it made me play it small for, for most of my life. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. The reason I ask is because I can relate with, I didn't get physically hit, but like I had a lot of like verbal and like mental abuse. Like my, my, my dad could be very, nasty with how like just a lot of like gaslighting and stuff like that we didn't know that term back then but like it it was tough because that was kind of the norm for me it was like how you show love is like like if you say something bad and you get in a fight well it's okay because then you can show extra love to kind of make up and do something nice for them to like and that was kind of like normal for me so when I was in relationships and I'm writing about this in my book as well it's like that was the norm for me I'm like when I say something mean, isn't that okay? Like I was, it was okay for me. I've let it just fall off. And then, you know, so I was conditioned that that meant love. Like that was okay. Cause that's all I knew. Yeah. So in relationships, I had, I had the hard lesson to learn that like, Hey, if I speak to somebody like that, if I'm under the influence or something like that's hurtful and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing happened. And I had to learn and heal that part. And, and it's interesting. It's great that that didn't manifest into abuse for you in relationships because it does a lot because that is like a sign of love. My parents are hitting me. So it's okay for the, the person that I care about and I love to hit me because that's what I, right? So that's yeah. great that that didn't happen. But a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people that does. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it had, I mean, probably part of my soul path, it wasn't to have that, you know, in my translate into my relationships, because yes, you're right, it, it, it very much could have. So I'm glad you highlighted that because with the lessons, it's all about coming to a place of gratitude, to be able to understand and be grateful for what happened so that those lessons help you to become the person you are today. And so you know, I did have a lot of anger and, and resentment around all of that too. Why did I have to be hit? But then when my, on a soul level, when it was revealed to me that I chose to do that, it, it changed, it just, it changed the, the feeling around it. I wasn't so, I, I mean, yes, it still hurts, but I knew that now I knew that I did it so that other people could could not go through what I had to go through that I took it for my sisters, I took it for other little kids, and a lot of different situations, it was always like, I'd be hit. And then it was like, well, what did I do? Well, you're the oldest. So somehow it's like, it just was like, it, you just get hit because of, of the role that you're playing in that situation. And so I was like, but you know, my, it was my sister that did the wrong thing. And I was the one that got hit. But now it makes sense to say, Oh, 
Like I actually spared her that by me taking on that role. And it's like, wow. So it's so, yeah, it's, I, it just, it, it changed. I think it just changes the dynamic and the hurt around it too. If only we knew. And yeah. one day we'll know when we go, you know, when we go back to where we came from before, you know, after this human experience that we'll understand all the different re- roles we played for each other and why we went through what we did for other people. Yeah. Because it's like life is so much about cooperation. It's not about competition. It's actually about co- cooperation. And two, when you understand that we're all one, that like on a soul level, we're all part of the same collective and that your learning contributes to my learning and my learning contributes to yours and that we're all helping each other to learn different things because it actually feeds into the whole collective learning. So right now during COVID, what's very interesting is that people are playing particular roles so that we can learn lessons. So those people that are higher up and are manipulating things in the government and, and pharmaceuticals and, and all of those people that are playing certain roles that, you know, whether you like them or I, I, a lot of, I don't like them what they're doing, but nevertheless, they're, they are manipulating situations so that we in our own like little bubble can navigate that and learn things about ourselves. So if those people weren't playing those roles, we wouldn't be having to go through what we're going through on an individual level to learn things about ourselves. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that's a great perspective. And like we were saying, we have to look at it like that, right? And you're absolutely right. If it's, it's, there's so many, there's so much opportunity in chaos that people for don't see, people don't understand. And they're so caught up in what is going on that they don't actually see that this could be serving you or me or many people. If we decide to look for the opportunity and, you know, it's been a challenging couple of years for people, but at the same time, I mean, for me, I've, it's forced me to do things that I probably wouldn't have done that I'm so grateful that I did. Even if it's like, you can't do this. Well, I'm like, you tell me I can't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And sometimes that's the kick in the ass people need for whatever, like we're all living our own experience, but you're right. Like it's, there's, there's something, there's something bigger happening and they, there is rules. And a lot of people are just stuck in a different level of awareness that they just don't see it. And we're at the point now where it's like, okay, look, if you don't see it, I'm not going to tell you to see it. Like you're going to have to figure this out. I'm going to help. I want to spend time with the people that are kind of like, they get it, but they don't really have the tools to get through this shit as much as like some, like some other people, but you can't, you just can't tell people and beat it out of them to see what's going on. Some people are just so scared. And they're, 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 the fear of death is, is stronger than the love to live. Like that's the reality. And people are just so scared because of, I really believe it's our, it's our understanding of what death is. People are so scared because they think, well, if I die, then it's this, like, I might burn in this lava or something. Like it's, it's really, it's conditioning that way. But if you understand, you know, that death is just a transition and that it's not necessarily bad, then, well, if it happens, it happens. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to die. I'm not, but I understand that like, it's, it's part of life. There's no need to fear. And especially I, I'm not going to fear something that I don't think my body can handle. 
my body can't handle and that's the way that's the way I go I guess right but that's what I don't understand is like this like they don't people don't trust their vessel they don't trust that they'll be okay and I just I don't understand it I'm like you'll be fine just fucking believe it like believe that you'll be okay no matter what and it's, it's like that for so they, many things they've placed their power outside of them like that's yeah. what we do we've placed our power outside into the world and that determines how we react we're yeah. all many people are victims in their life right that it's like okay if the world acts like this this is how i respond they're always responding to external factors instead of understanding that you have a choice in any moment it's not i'm not responding to the outside i'm making a choice regardless of what's happening outside like yeah. this i live in a happiness bubble my happiness bubble goes everywhere i go doesn't matter where i am on my back porch so this summer i was on my back porch instead of on a busy patio with a lot of different people but i was still very happy in my happiness bubble because it doesn't matter where i go my happiness is inside me so it's not it doesn't determine it's not based on outside factors yeah. that outside factors are going to do whatever is going to happen all we can control is our response to it at any moment right. and my response can be one of me reacting to it or me being maybe more proactive and actually choosing how i how i want to how i want to navigate that so for example the the news is very upsetting to me do i have to watch it all the time no it's there other things are upsetting to me but when i know when i check in with myself i'm like i don't feel good when i'm with these people i don't feel good when i when you know i'm doing this activity i don't feel good so then i remove myself yeah. from it so we we the out this is the, the other thing around happiness is that people attribute happiness again to outside themselves in their possession in their positions titles degrees relationships experiences there that their happiness is tied to these outside things so i'll only be happy when you know things all go back to normal and i can go here and i can go there and i can do parties and i can it's like no you can actually be happy now regardless of whether things are open or you know whether you can hang out with these people or whatever is that it's not Yes, it's a choice, but it's also an embodiment. So it doesn't, when I say it goes everywhere I go, because it doesn't matter who I'm hanging out with or what environment I'm in, I'm always happy because mm. I'm tapped into that happiness that's inside of me instead of understanding that it's tied outside, which it's not. Mm. It all rests inside you. But we're conditioned again to think that until things are open, until I can go to parties, until I can go to the movies, until then I'll be happy. That's the outside yeah. happiness. I'll be happy only when. Yeah. And so many people live in that, that world, including, you know, that's the way my family is. And that's mm -hmm. the way I was raised. It's like, Oh, when, when this happens, I'll, when I, when I paint the, my dad used to say, when I paint the deck, I'll go traveling. When, when it's summer, I'll do this. And I'm like, like, there's always, there's always going to be something. There's no perfect moment mm -hmm. for anything, you know, and it's such it's sad, but I hope that somebody, I hope that people really realize that the present moment is everything. Like right now is the perfect time. And it's just the, that, that avoidance of doing that thing is just fear, you know, not trusting that it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And I guess where I want to, I kind of want to go into like for you, because it's fine for us to talk about this, but I want to know when that was for you, where like, you know, you talk about soul contracts and, you know, whether people, you know, believe in that or not. I, I, I believe in that as well. 
I don't talk about it too much, but it's interesting to, to think about. But I would love to know for you, when, when was it where you started to realize that and what happened? Like you were in, you know, your, your relationship or you were unhappy, like you had this unfulfillment, but was there something like, did you go through an experience where like some sort of like awakening of some sort that changed? Because like, I just want to make it clear to people like some, like this stuff doesn't just like a lot of times people go through these things for them to realize. And maybe this is the moment someone's listening to this and they go, Oh, you know, they can relate. So I'm kind of, I don't want people to think that this is always like what it's like when you're born until now. It's not like that. A lot of times these things happen that shift us. And I want to know what that was for you. Like what, how did you get that awareness? How did you get, and then, you know, what did you do to kind of tap in and what do you continue to do to get connected to yourself into that voice, that intuition? Thank you for asking me that. It's like we reach those forks in the the road where we're there and we can either choose left or choose right. Left would be choosing the path we came down here to lead. So we wanted on this lifetime, I wanted to learn these lessons. I wanted to accomplish these things. I wanted to be with these people. The left is that. Right is our free will. So at any moment we can choose. So you get to that fork in the road and then you have to choose. Are you going to go left or are you going to go right? And a lot and a lot of times we choose right, which is not the right path. So we go right and it takes us on this very long windy detour where things get really sucky and things are bad and it brings you back to the fork in the road. So in some cases it could be like alcohol, let's say abuse, right? It's like, no, I'm going to continue to abuse alcohol and drugs and you're just going around or I'm going to stay in this relationship, right? You're there at the hospital. You've been, you know, you're and and so I'm like, do you need any help? And it's like, you could go left. And like love, honor and respect yourself. But then you choose no, 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 it's fine. Everything's fine. You just go home and you continue living the same life. And then again, something happens, right? You're in the hospital, you get sick, you're in an accident, like lots of those forks that happen. And it's a lot, it's different for everybody. It's, it is also common that it is those milestone birthdays, the 30, the 40, the 50, that it's those milestone birthdays that have people just taking a moment to step back and evaluate their life. And so for me, it was that milestone birthday. That was that, that point in my life that had me come step back and ask those questions. So what happened was that in order for me to dive deeper into that, I, and I've always been, I was brought up Catholic. So I was, I was always close to God, but being brought up Catholic placed God outside of me. And so God was at church and even like my priests and stuff, they told me, you know, if you want to be close to God, you have to come to church. That's where he is. And I go, if I pray at home, is it the same? No, it's not the same. You need to come. You And I mean, there's all the, there's a whole yeah. bunch of reasons why they would say something like that, which I know now, but as a little kid, I'm like, okay. So I, I was like, you know what? I need some answers. And so I went to a media and I said, I have these questions about my life and I really, I want to be able to talk to God. I want to know, like, as I need guidance and because I wasn't getting the guidance outside, outside would have me continue living the same life that I was living. And so she said, spirit is telling me that you need to meditate. Now, this is 10 years ago. So meditation back then was weird. 
was weird, woo-woo. My family thought I was part of a cult. It's not like that. Like now I'm so glad that meditation is so much more of a buzzword and people actually, you know, they, they celebrate and they tell, oh yeah, I meditate. I do this. I'm like, I'm so happy for you now because I didn't want to tell anyone before that I was meditating because like I said, people thought I was part of a cult. And so it was through the process of meditation. And so I talked about that being that gateway practice that helps you to go inward. Mm. It helps you to connect with that part of yourself so that we have that physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self. The spiritual self is inside of us. And it's, and through the process of meditation, there are other ways that we can connect to that. Absolutely. But meditation, I feel is one of those practices that really allows you to go inward, to still your mind enough to actually hear that voice that's inside you. So your spirit's voice, as well as like higher spirit that can connect, that can communicate with you. And so I, at that time, I don't know what meditation is. I don't know, like, what I'm supposed to do, like, it's not again, it's not like now you go onto YouTube, there's so many videos, and there's coaches and, and whatnot. However, luckily for me, there was a meditation center close by my home, I called them up. And I said, Listen, spirit is telling me to meditate, I don't know what to do. And they said, Well, we have a meditation circle once a month, if you want to come, we will show you and tell you how to get started, whatever. They would tell you that I cried every single time I went for an entire year, because and I'll never forget that first time that I meditated when I, because it was like, it was like my spirit or spirit was trying to communicate with me my whole life. It was, it was like so loud and prayer is so different than meditation. Prayer is you speaking outward. I want this, help me with that. Thank you for that. So it's, it's like you speaking outward meditation allows you to stop and actually hear messages for you that it's like a communication for you it's not you speaking out it's you quieting enough to have it speak to you and so in the process of doing that I connected to the love peace and happiness inside me and the love inside of me was so overwhelming. It's like this, it, you can't, the amount of it was like, oh my God, I have not been loving myself my whole life, That I have been looking outside myself for people to love me. Meanwhile, all I had to do was go inside me and feel the immense amount of love that was already there. And then it awoke to how I wasn't loving myself in my day-to-day -day life. And I'm like, wow, I'm not loving myself when I allow people to treat me like this. I'm not, I'm not loving myself when I say hateful things to myself. I said the same things that people said to me, but became my voice that said it to myself. I was my worst enemy instead of my greatest cheerleader. That every time I looked in the mirror, every time I put a piece of food in my mouth, I was never any of those things that I shared before. And so I was like, wow, I need to stop speaking to myself like this, because that's not that's not how you love yourself. And then physically, it's like, if you love yourself, you try to sleep more. Physically, you don't pollute your body with substances that are not healthy for you because you love your body and you understand your body is a vessel that is taking you through the world. Of course, I want it to be an optimum condition so that I can do all the things that I want to do. So I'm going, I'm not going to eat processed foods. I'm not going to over like indulge in alcohol. I'm not.
because you when you love yourself that much, you just wouldn't do these things. And so now it's, I work constantly at rewriting that narrative in my head of things that I said to myself, my whole life. And there's there's a whole bunch of practices, you know, that's a whole nother discussion of practices that have helped me to love myself the way that I need to. But it's so there's all this unconscious and subconscious stuff that we're not even aware of that we operate by about our, you know, how how big or how little we are, how great we are. And lately, I've been speaking so much about how magnificent we are, like, when I say I am, I am so magnificent, but it means that you're also magnificent, like we're all so magnificent. But why don't we know that? Why don't we know how amazingly incredible we are? Right? And it's, yeah. it's that it's that re rewriting, that it's like, I have, I have to change those things that happen to me. And mostly it's a lot, it's, it's mental. A lot of it is mental, those false beliefs, not even limiting. They're false. They are like literally untruths that we took on about ourselves in the world. And that yeah. the limiting ones were just those ones that, you know, I was living underneath a glass ceiling I wasn't even aware of. But now, and, and so it's like, oh, you know, you're a woman, so you can only achieve this much. And, and oh, you know, even you're Italian. And so there's some stigma associated with that. And so that's not okay. So there's a whole bunch of things that even I was living under that I wasn't aware of. But it's not now I just realize a lot of it's not even limiting. It's just false, And that we're just perpetuating as a society, we perpetuate these false beliefs, that it's only until we really can think outside the box. Can we look in at those false beliefs and say, wow, these are beliefs, everybody, everybody believes, yeah. like, imagine that to be able to come out of the box and look at a belief and say, Oh, my God, all of society believes that and that's not even true. How do you get to that place that like you can actually see the false beliefs that everybody has been living on and working at the and working on those, those are the ones that are most challenging. And those are the ones that I've been lately um, trying to figure out what those are. I had a conversation with a guest that on my show and and we were talking about that and I was like wow those are the hardest ones to get around are the ones that everybody collectively believes in that aren't even true mm. about our existence even just our human existence so much there that was so incredible it's so true they're just bullshit stories that get yeah. in the way and for some reason so many people have that doubt in themselves like you're absolutely right. Like, why don't we think we're amazing? Why don't we think we're spectacular or magnificent? It's almost like our conditioning, we were taught that we got to hate the journey. We got to hate ourselves. And then we get the reward or something like that's, that's like the noble act. Be angry, hate what you grind, grind through it. Don't be too happy. Don't be don't show too much love or it's weakness. Like it's really bizarre, the conditioning that we've had. And you're right. Things are changing. And I'm so glad because meditation is, was very stigma, especially against religion. They think like, you know, that same with yoga, like there's this weird thing around yoga and meditation. And it's like, 
to religious people anyways. Like I was Catholic too, but I'm not, haven't been for years, but I, my, I have a brother that's very religious and I know that he still kind of like thinks meditation. I don't know what he thinks, but I think he, I don't think he thinks meditation and yoga is like aligned with that, which is surprising because you're just connecting to yourself. And why is that a bad thing? And that connects you to God. Like we are God. We are, we are all of it. Like we are, you know, all of us are God manifested in human form. So all we're doing is connecting to self, connecting to the truth. And it's so beautiful because, you know, what you're saying around, like, there's so much love there and you, you realize that you've been you've never really tapped into that your whole life. And I know the feeling because when you sit, when you start to sit still, you, you start to get these messages and you get this, like this wholeness, it creates this, this, that's, that's what creates that, that feeling of like you have enough because you, the the fulfillment comes from feeling whole and that's the self-love and you need, the more whole you feel, the less you need from everybody else. And I found that with, you know, especially doing Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations, they're very challenging because sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want to sit here for an hour and 15 minutes. But every time I do it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just, I don't need anything else. Like, I'm like, I'm so, and it's such a powerful thing because imagine everybody was doing that. Imagine everybody's energy and focus was going inward and being like, how can I create that wholeness within myself? And if everybody was whole, and we would all need less. And when you're at that point, that is when you manifest more abundance, which is the crazy thing. It's not when we're in lack, like I need this come. No, it's, it's when you're at your, when you're full and your heart's open, I've talked about this many times. So everybody make sure, get your heart to the level where it's work on filling, filling yourself so that you feel whole. Because when you're trying to manifest something, you will get more abundance into your life when you feel that way, when you are already whole, when you're like, I don't need anything from the world. I'm whole. Boom. Things start to come. That's the way it works. It's not when you're feeling empty that you're going to bring more in. It's like when you already feel like you have enough, then it's like, well, no, you're going to have more. Here's more. Here's more. It's crazy. It's such an important point. Such an important point. Oh yeah. Wow. Thank you for reiterating that because that's, very much how I feel. And so when that question was, you know, am I happy? And I, am I fulfilled? I wasn't because I wasn't connecting to the happiness inside of me. And that is my happiness message is that happiness isn't, it's a state of being is not a state of mind. And that even as a state of mind, it's like only when things are aligned outside of you, then you'll be able to feel happy. But it's you can when you embody happiness, you can feel happy, even when the things outside of you are not exactly the way that you want them to be, especially during, during a time like this, you can still be happy, even when things aren't the way you want them to be outside of you. And so as a state of being, it's like you said, it's inside you, it's, it's part of your wholeness, it's part of it's all of that. And it's also not a fleeting emotion like anger or frustration or any of those things. And you know what's those emotions actually. So happiness is a compass and happiness will lead us towards the life who we really are and the life we're supposed to live. When we don't feel happy, 
we're supposed to ask ourselves, like, why do I feel angry? Why do I feel frustrated? And what changes do I have to make to bring me back to the happiness that I am? Because we all want to be happy because we know how good it feels, right? Mm-hmm. That's just like, at the base, if you ask people the base of why they're doing it, anything, it's like, I just want to be happy. They put it on a goal. Like, I just want to be happy. Well, did you know that you are happiness? That you are happiness, that at any moment you can tap into the happiness that's always there inside of you to feel. You just have to make time for it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, happiness is like a two-sided coin. One side is if you're not feeling happy, there are probably blocks that are preventing you from feeling the happiness that's inside you. Or are you making time to connect and nurture the happiness that's inside of you? So often it's both, but in some cases it's, it's that People don't have the time to connect to the happiness inside of them. And meditation is one of those ways they can feel it. Mindfulness is one of those ways that they can feel it. Participating in certain activities that they really enjoy helps them to remove the blocks to feel the happiness that's inside them. So people think happiness is tied to the activity. Oh, I feel so happy when I'm having, you know, out for dinner. I feel so happy when I'm like, you know, with people. I feel so happy when I'm at the game. It's not the game. The game is removing the block to you feeling the happiness that's inside you. When you're at the hockey game and you're so immersed in the game and like in the moment, you're feeling the happiness inside you that's always there to feel because you're not worrying about your problem, but all the regrets and all those other things are there right now. When you're having like, you're really, you're at a dinner party, you're enjoying the presence of the people. You're so in the conversation. You're like, wow, this feels so good. Yeah. Because you're like tapped into the happiness that's inside you in that moment, Mm. because you're removing the blocks that are preventing you from feeling that. So if we looked at happiness as a compass to lead us towards our happiest life, when we're not feeling happy, we should be asking ourselves, what, what do I need to do to bring me back? to the happiness? What, what action do I need to take? What changes do I have to make in order to bring me back to the happiness that's inside me? And so a lot of people know they just stay in that stuff thinking, thinking that this is all there is that life is shit. And then you die. I had somebody say that to me, life is shit. And then you die. And I was like, I laughed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like, I'm a happiness coach. I don't believe that we didn't come down here to be unhappy. And then we die. Like, that's not yeah. what life is supposed to be about. If you what a terrible attitude, would you want to live like that's a choice to live like that? So sad. So sad. And so again, if we're feeling like that, we're supposed to say, I'm not in alignment with myself. I'm not in alignment with the love, peace and happiness I am. What can I do to bring me back? And that's what knowing what those strategies are to constantly bring you back in alignment with that wholeness that you were talking about. Mm. So that's, I loved how you said, you know, why I wanted just to reiterate what you're saying, because it's absolutely true. We're not then looking outside of ourselves to fill that void. Yeah. And you know, I can, I say that because I notice it also within myself. Like I ask myself when I'm feeling off, when I start to be a victim, when I start to, I go, okay, what do you, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Did you do your routine that you know works today? No, you didn't. You didn't meditate in journal. Okay. Well, you know, what did you eat last night? You know, I ate something that probably, you know, there's, there's a reason. And, and, you know, I say this and I want everybody listening. I want you guys to understand it's usually the simplest things that your soul knows it needs to do that when you do them, it's like the universe is patting you back a good job. You know that you needed to do that. You did it. So now you feel in alignment, but when you don't do it, 
it's usually the simple things, right? It's, simple. It's, it's, it's always that. And, and it's like, we, but for some reason we, we won't do it. And I, I want to go back one thing part to you said around like eating bad food and, and drinking. So like, I don't understand why we, why that is considered the reward. Why is drinking alcohol and eating bad food considered the reward? Isn't it? It's so backwards. And like, look, Mm -hmm. I do it. Oh, I deserve a drink after this. I deserve to eat a pizza. I'm like, hold on a second. It's so bizarre because we know that that food, it may taste good. Yeah, we'll get reward system as dopamine, but then we know our body's got to like process it. And it's actually, you're actually punishing your body for doing something great. Like you should nourish it with things that, yeah, may not like give you as many dopamine hits, but it's actually going to make you feel better. And I've gotten better at being like, hold on a second. I, I want to feel great. I want to continue feeling great. I don't want to fall off. So being mindful of that like weird conditioning of like, oh, just go eat that. It's, it's a reward. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to feel like, and then it defeats the whole purpose. So why? And same with drinking. Like, you know, I've always struggled with drinking as like this thing that it needs to like, you know, give me this, this reward, like I deserve it. And it like, you know, escape from like this feeling of like, sometimes there's a lot of energy and I'm like, oh, I feel like great. And I feel complete. And then I'm like, it's almost too much. So I got to drink it away or something ridiculous. And I've, I don't understand why that's the way it is. And, and it's, it's like, well, why wouldn't we want to stay at that level? Like, why is the reward have to be a poison? And, you know, for myself, like this is the adversity that I've had to face. And this is, it's different for everybody, but like, sometimes it's, it's really overcoming ourselves and our, and our weird habits that knock us off that feeling of wholeness. You get to that feeling of whole. Why do you want to fall off that? What is that? What is that thing that, that thing that, why do we want to sabotage our, our wholeness? It, it's, it's crazy. You know, like, why do we do that? Like, what, why do we get to a level where we, we fill our cup where it's just overfilling and then we feel the need to like, just dump that cup out and start from scratch again. What is that? I think the more that, the more that we practice being tapped in. So it's, we're all, everything is energy. We're energy. The whole universe is energy. Even, you know, so like, you know, a hard object like this is energy and then there's moving energy, right? So everything is energy. The highest vibrational energy is love and gratitude. That is the highest that when we're feeling those emotions, that is the energy that we are. So the energy of the universe is like, let's say up here, right? And so when what, uh, what happens is a lot of us, again, are conditioned that we feel a high when we drink or we do drugs or we're hanging out with people or whatever. And then we go onto this roller coaster of a right? Yeah. So it's like, we're tapped in, we're feeling amazing. And then think, then the world takes us away. And then some people's roller coaster is brutal. That it's like, when they're low, they're like down here, and they have to do some kind of substance or what or activity or whatever to try to get them back up here. I now am vibrating like here, that yeah. I'm like, mostly happy. And that do you ever fall off though? Do you ever do you ever like go down and like, Oh, shit, I don't want to be here. No, no, it's like this, the more you tapped into this and it's like, it's constantly me bringing myself back. So the fluctuations of it is like this, but physiologically, a lot of us are living in stress mode. 
Right. And then in that part of the nervous system, the stress nervous system is the one that's active most of the time. So this was also some research that I had dived into that, that if happiness was us feeling at number one, most of the time, and five is the lowest five is us living out of this part of the brain, which is that irrational part, the logical brain is here at the front, the illogical part is here. This is the anger. This is those people that like, freaking explode. And it's like their actions don't even make sense. And you can't reason with those people because in those moments of anger, frustration, that like that fight mode, you're operating out of here, you're not operating out of this part of the brain. Many of us are not in here, because we're in in stress mode. And because of that, even on this scale from one to five, one being happiness, five being totally irrational and chaotic and, and things don't make sense. You explode like in a, in a, a moment like that is that many people are operating at three you have this happy, if it's like a happiness threshold at three, that they don't even know what number one feels like. And they might feel number one occasionally when they do certain things, but they live at this threshold at number three. Or, and then some people are even at like number four and they're just always operating like that. So mm. when you say like, why wouldn't people want to always be up here? A lot of them, they, a lot of people don't even get to those points. They might feel it like occasionally, but they're not even there. So there's also stuck in this behavior, as you said, of like routine. And, and the other really weird thing, Lance, is that people actually set up their life to constantly reward themselves with alcohol and overeating and things. They actually stay at like this life of let's say number three and number four, so that their life never really improves. So they can continually to indulge in drugs, alcohol and pizza, that they actually don't want their life to improve, because then they wouldn't be able to like make an excuse to actually indulge in these substances that are not good. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that on a subconscious level, you're actually stay in shitty relationships so that it gives you an excuse to indulge in drugs and alcohol to escape a relationship, but you don't actually want to escape it. Because you're, you're so there caught loving these substances that are not good for you. But really why the root causes is because we're not loving ourselves the way that we need to. Mm. If we were really loving ourselves, would we continue to go to jobs that are not serving us being in relationships that are not services? We wouldn't. But there's yeah. this like feeling that, oh, if I continue to stay in this misery, then I can indulge in these substances. I know I, I, I've, I've lived that. Like I can, when you said that, I'm like, oh my God, it's so crazy because, you know, I've been on this personal growth journey and, you know, that comes back and we were talking about, you know, how you go up here and then you just come down. There's times where I'll be doing so well and then I'll completely fall off. I'll go back into the old, my old habits of drinking and that persona takes over and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't who I want to be. And then, you know, I get into this feeling of like, I get into the drinking again. I start to go out a little bit more. I'm like, oh, it's just going to the bar with some guys watching sports, watching hockey. But then it's a slippery slope. It becomes a drink every night, a couple more, a couple shots of tequila, especially coming to Mexico. I was really tested this year with the dualities of like, I was super connected spiritually in Costa Rica, sober. And then all of a sudden I was like, now I'm in Mexico and I've been tested the complete opposite dualities. Like the, both the worlds have come together and I have to be like, which one do I want to choose? Yeah. So now, you know, I haven't had a drink in a few weeks, couple of weeks, and I'm like sitting up again. I'm like, okay, feel great. I got to write my book. I'm in the zone now. I don't want to fall off, but 
it's, I'm very transparent about this. And I want all you guys listening, like, this is a journey that you will fall off sometimes and it's okay. But how long do you stay off? And for me, alcohol has always been that thing where, where I'm feeling good. I'm feeling alive. I feel like I'm doing all the things. And then all of a sudden this reward of like, well, what would it feel like just to have a beer? you know, just, just to go and do the things and just kind of like let loose. And, and I always know the consequence of that is not just that it's always the same shit that happens yet. You know, the lesson I've had to learn it over and over again, I'm getting very good navigating that, but it's been that thing for me. Like you said, alcohol, it's like, that has always been my thing. Like I think about the year I took off sober, I went whole year and everything changed in my life that year. Yet my, the stories in the past self of mine want to keep, wants to keep being like, Hey, we're still here. Do you, do you still want to, you want to play? Like, it's crazy. And I think a lot of people go through this dance and to be able to do where you're at, where you don't allow yourself to completely fall off is, is powerful. But you know, like that isn't easy. That's not, that's every single day. It's being conscious to your life. So 95% of the day we live out of the subconscious mind, which is us living in autopilot, us living on habit, us getting from work to home to like, you don't even know how you got there, doing things in the same routine, same order day after day. And so that leaves us 5% every day to be conscious to our life and actually make a change. So it's, it takes effort because 95 and even some research shows up to 99% that we're yeah. really just going through the motions of life. And it's like, I have to, t- I have to use that little small margin to be able to, to step outside myself and say, wow, how am I, how am I navigating this situation? Am I doing it of habit as I've all, as I always have? Or do I actually want to change? Yeah. And that change is the effort day in and day out. It is work, but it's like, it's that commitment that you make to yourself. Because as you said, you know how good it feels when you're in that. And when you're in alignment with that, it feels so good. Yeah. And that is like, even the work is hard, but the work is just bringing you closer to who you really are and, and what you really are. And so it constantly rewards you with that energy, with that those really good feelings. And there's a, it's a physiological response in the body. Like gratitude, for example, is one of those practices yeah. that I talk about. Because physiologically, when you do it, there are 1,400 biochemicals that are released in the body when we practice gratitude and we begin to raise our, our, our vibration, our energy, just by being thankful for most of the time, the small things in our, right? The sunshine where you live in and the colors and like, it's all devoid of that here now. But that's why I would be so thankful to be able to look outside and see what you're seeing. But it's like, you have to find all of those small things that are going well in your life. And that immediately like raises your vibration, but physiologically, there's a response that happens in the body. And this is how when you nurture and connect all aspects of yourself, and you learn how your body is constantly communicating with you. That is like magical, I think to say, wow, you know, these are the things that I'm thinking emotionally, this is how I'm feeling the body. Physically, it's like, I know when I'm out of alignment, my shoulders and neck are so tight, I have back pain. And I'm like, Oh, no, again, I'm like, I've taken on too much. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And it's like, your body tells you 
in so many different ways when we're when we're out of that alignment when we're like falling short of who we really are of that wholeness that you're talking about yeah yeah and that that like roller coaster that you were saying of like the the ups and the downs and it's like you get addicted to that you know these it's like chemical we have it's just chemical cocktails we're addicted to these feelings and these emotions and like we get addicted to feeling bad and then coming up and then feeling bad it's like it's it's like a chemical cocktail all the time that's just coming and going and yeah it's it's really interesting as well with the point that you said around the self love because there's a point of uh, there there's definitely something deeper there within a person that if they keep doing that and it's something that I'm continuing to work on with myself is like there's something there that keeps that doesn't feel fully loved and it is a self-love practice like if if a person needs to keep going back to something that is going to make them feel like shit there's there's something that needs to be healed there and you know I love it because I love being open about my journey because like where I've been to where I'm now, you know, I don't have, I don't claim to have it all figured out, but I can definitely show where I've come to now. And I love that the, I don't have it all figured out. I love that. It's like a never anything because I want to feel even better than I am. I want to be able to teach somebody, you know, here's where I was and now here where I am. And I'm actually transparent about it because I feel like it's, it's challenging sometimes for people to share, you know, where they're at exactly because it, we want to be, we want to act like we have it all figured out, right? But not a lot of people do, and a lot of people say they do, right? And I think it's really, really important because we all have our things. We all have our small little addictions, our little like tendencies, and it's okay. It's just being mindful and aware of them, right? And I think that just the awareness and, you know, really knowing that you're, you are perfect the way you are. And, you know, really working on that self-love and healing those parts that are seeking something, a diversion or something outside of yourself is what's really important. Like asking, like, why do you need this? Why do you think that's going to give you something? Why do you, you know, why do you seek, why do you need to divert from feeling it versus like, why do you have to go and have that thing instead of sitting with, you know, it's like a lot of people even like a conversation like this, a lot of people will just finish a conversation and go to the next thing, go to the phone, go to the thing. It's like, no, it's good to contemplate after something like, like sit and like reflect on it mm-hmm. instead of like going to the next thing because we, everybody wants to be stimulated in some other way instead of just being here now. Right. So we're, we're conditioned to always be doing rather than just being. And if we're not doing, we think that there's, I mean, this is very North American too, right? If we're not doing, then something's wrong. Instead of just taking that time out to be and to be with yourself, there are a lot of people that are not comfortable being with themselves. And that's, that's unfortunate that if you are love, peace and happiness, why wouldn't you want to be with yourself? And it's like, if you take the time to, to actually like take and go inward and to feel all of that, you'll understand like how great you really are. And that the greatest relationship we'll ever have in our whole life is the one we'll have with ourselves. So it makes so much sense to understand more about who we are. And I love that you said about that life is all about the constant learning, learning more about every opportunity is like, what is this showing me about myself? What is this showing me about myself? What is, all day long? What is this showing me about myself? It's like, sometimes it's almost like, oh my God, like really, and it's only until you take a step back that it's like, okay, 
what the situation that came up, what was it showing me about myself? And it's like, it's, it's doing that work. Like you said, after this, don't just get up and start doing kind of sit back and say, reflect on it a little bit and say, what is this showing me about myself? The situation that just came up and maybe like what changes I have to make or whatever it could be, but it is just taking that moment to do that. This is such a great conversation. Thank you so much. We could talk all day. I love this stuff. Where, (laughs) where can everybody find you? What are you working on? And yeah, let's, let's point everybody to checking out all your work. Thank you so much. So you can come to my website, which is teresagreco.ca and it's Teresa with no H. You can also go to my Instagram page, which is Teresa Greco underscore steps to happiness. I'm on Facebook as well, Steps to True Happiness with Teresa Greco. I am the host of a weekly internet TV show that's called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco. You can find that on the platform, which is soullivity.com. And then you'll see Soul Livity TV, and then you'll see my show there. It also airs on YouTube too under their channel, which is Soul Livity Magazine. So you can catch my show there where we talk about all of these things. You know, we talked about adversity with you as a guest. And so, and that'll be out, that'll be out shortly as well. It hasn't come out just yet. So yeah, that's going to be me. So when that week, well, this is going to blast everything. So they know to tune in for when you were part of that. And so, yeah. Awesome. One last question. I know we went a little over time today, but I was just, it felt like such a great flow. If what advice do you have for somebody right now who's struggling with adversity? It's to try to find the lesson in it, in that if life is, life is not happening to us, it's happening for us at every moment. It's happening for us that if your higher self, your, your higher self is putting you in this situation to learn something, it's not outside forces have put this situation into, but you've done this yourself on a soul level, you've done this yourself. And so if you are here, what, what gifts, what learning do you have to learn about yourself that can allow you to supersede this situation. And it's only until we can look at it from a higher level of consciousness, even to say, okay, I'm in this situation. What gifts are exist inside me that I'm not tapping into that I, or I need to, I need to find. So it could be, you know, that resilience, it could be that stamina, it could be that patience, it could be courage, it could be bravery, like a whole bunch of things that are inside that this situation is prompting you to discover about yourself. So for me, when I asked that question, am I living my life's true purpose and full potential? I now believe our universal purpose, number one is to uncover who we really are. So the uncovering is because we've so conditioned and where many of us are not living our true authentic selves in many respects. So part of it is to uncover, to get to this place, as you said, doing the work so that you can be vulnerable and learn more about yourself, who is underneath those layers that, it, that we took on through like from the outside world that so number one, to uncover who we really are, so that we can discover who we are really meant to be in this lifetime. And that every moment is helping us to discover more about who we really are. And our higher self is putting us in this situation to have that learning. So we, we are always victors, always, we are never victims. And it's only until we 
can see ourselves as that, that I can supersede this situation. I have what it takes at any moment inside me to overcome this situation. I just have to dig deep and find it. I have the answers inside me. I have the gifts. I have the strength. I have the solution. It's all inside you. Beautiful. That's my message of hope. It's never, it's never too much. It's never too much. You can handle it always. You can handle it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you guys got value from this, please leave us a review on Apple. Let us hear your comments on YouTube. Also, if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, subscribe wherever you listen to it. And if you watch this and you it on YouTube, subscribe and hit that bell so you get notified. All right? Love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a beautiful day. Catch you next time.